You know, you know what my hope is with all this hearing from heaven stuff? Here's my hope that you, you see in the, middle of this, in the middle of this night tonight that connecting with God is so powerful. That connecting with God is really everything this is all about. Not that I need to be dragged to listen to God in church, but that God can speak to me anywhere, anytime, any place. Not, not that I have to, if I do more works, if I serve more, God, God will speak to me. Here's what I believe. God doesn't have a speaking problem. I believe sometimes we just have a listening problem. So this is week two of God, I'm listening. Last week we said, listen, God sometimes talks, talks with us with words. We, we spoke last night. If you, don't, if you don't have the podcast, search up New Birth Youth slash Young Adults. God, I'm listening week one. We, last, last week we talked about the question, where are you? I believe God is asking that question to us tonight. Where are you? It's the first question we see God asks humanity. Because here's the thing. Like, you asking God questions, that's normal. But what happens when God asks you a question? God, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? What am I supposed to do my career? What am I supposed to do my family? What am I supposed to do? What, 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 what? Why, 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 why? What happened when God asks you a question? See, the thing is, when God asks you a question, it's funny because he already knows the answer. Sometimes God asks you a question because he wants the answer to come out of your mouth. So God tonight is asking you, just like it was last week, hey, where are you? Where are you in your life? Where are you with your walk with God? Are you on a road that's leading to destruction? Are you on a road that's leading to more sin? Are you on a road that's leading to more depression and anxiety? Are you running to the things of the world instead of banking in on the promise and peace of Jesus? Where are you? Tonight we're looking at another question that God asks humanity in the book of Genesis. First book of the Bible. Tonight's question that God asks early in just like the timeline of humanity. God's first question was to Adam and Eve. They sinned. You got to hear last week. It was really fun. Anybody hear last week? They sinned, they fell, they hid, and God asked them, where are you? That was a deep question. Tonight's sermon is wrapped around the question that God asked Adam and Eve's children, specifically Cain. And the question is, where is your brother? Some of you guys are like, I got nobody. It's just me and my walk with God. I actually fell away from church a couple times because I tried to do it on my own. And listen to me, if you've been brought up in America and you've been in church for longer than, let's say, six months, you fall into the trap somewhere or another thinking that church attendance could transform your life. Thinking that just showing up and that's it can do so much for your life. But God asks you tonight, not who's sitting next to you, not who's leading you. God's asking MBY tonight, where is your brother? Where's your sister? You'd be surprised. What it take your relationship with God to the next level is putting somebody next to you that believes in God. You'd be surprised. The, the, the people group you surround yourself with, they have an effect on your values, on your vision, on the culture you walk with. Thank you so much. It's like white noise. It just disappeared. Thank you, Marlo. Kalel, can you stand up, Kalel? How many of you guys love Kalel? <laughs> Say hi to everybody. Say hi. Hello. 
this man right here, I think every week he's been to church, he's been inviting people to church. I think, is it safe to say that? Can his friends agree? He's, an, he's a walking, living evangelist. He walks with desperation on his tongue. He walks with the grace of God all over him. Not judging people on their story, not judging people on their steps, but celebrating them. And telling them this specific truth. You need God, but we need each other. Look at the image of the cross. We, we said a couple weeks ago for generosity. You can't just make sure this connection's good. You got to make sure this connection's good. Christians love to connect with God, but fail to connect with their brother. Christians love to come to church and worship God and bounce before it's time to talk to people outside. And bounce. And you're, you're ditching hope groups. You lead a hope group, and you're killing it. He's killing it. You got a full-time job. You, you join SCU in the fall. I love you. He's incredible. And he still takes a day out of his time not to be receiving, but to be pouring into people. We honor you for that. We honor you for your sacrifice. Make some noise for Kalel. Go ahead and take a seat, man. Amazing. It's not just where is God, it's where is your brother? Well, who are the people you're surrounding yourself with? This posture, God, I'm listening, it changes. I'm telling you, it could change your life as a believer. Instead of every day saying, God, what's happening today? You say, God, what are you saying to me? Instead of, God, well, what am I supposed to do? No, God, what are you saying to me? This posture could change your life. Heart wide open, hands wide open, ready to receive the word of God. In the book of Genesis chapter 4, do you guys take notes tonight? Do you guys have your Bibles tonight? If you don't have a Bible, uh, bring a Bible next week. Invest in your relationship with God. Can I get an amen on that? Sounded good to me. <laughs> Genesis chapter 4, we're reading tonight. If you don't have a Bible, the Bible's on the screen. If you can't see, lean into the person next to you and encourage you to invest in your relationship with God. Buy a Bible. Somebody say, buy a Bible. And you guys like taking notes on Tuesdays, or you guys leave with a bunch of feelings? Without notes, you just leave with a bunch of goosebumps. And your mom asks you, you still going to church? You're like, yeah, ma, I still go to church. Boy, you crazy. What they talk about? You're like, man, I'm listening. <laughs> so I say take notes. Even if your phone is open this whole time and you got to take one note, the one note that stands out to you, you'll get better. Take some notes. This book of Genesis, first book in the Bible. Last week we talked about Genesis when Adam and Eve fell. You got to hear the podcast. It's really cool. It's on our Instagram link in bio. This week, we're talking about a different part of this story. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. It says, Adam made love to his wife Eve. I love this. I heard a, pre a preacher say this. Be as experimental as you can with sex in the boundary of marriage. That's amazing, right? Because God wants you to have good sex. Can I get an amen? He just wants you to have comfortable sex in the, in the boundary of marriage. Because outside of marriage, I mean, it's a competition. In marriage, there's a comfort to this thing. We're just going to figure it out. And that's how God designed it to be. You can't take God's blessing and not get it with the design. You know what I'm saying? You can't just take the car and drive it. Read the manual. The Bible. So Adam made love to his wife. You guys are like, making loves in the Bible? Read the Bible, boy. <laughs> Adam made love to his wife, Eve. 
and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. I wish more people who gave birth, more mothers would say, with the help of the Lord, this, this child came. A lot of parents say thank you when you say their baby's pretty. Like, what say did you have in your baby being pretty? You had no say. But I'm pretty. What did you have in your face? You didn't create your face. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me beautiful babies. Give the glory back to God. Verse 2. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel, Cain and Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Can I get an amen? Verse 4. Abel, I'm sorry, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. So Cain's walking by. It's time to give God an offering. You got to remember in the book of Genesis, and I can walk around now because we don't do YouTube no more, so I don't got to be in the light. This is my girlfriend. I don't just touch people. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh, don't come over here. In the book of Genesis, you have, you have like, okay, God's people, right? You know, Adam and Eve, their children, amazing. God's with them, y'all. God's not like how he is today where his spirit's on earth. No, no, no. In the beginning, which is how it will be in the end, God walked with his people. God talked to his people. I mean, it wasn't like this, you know, we've never seen God. We've never seen Jesus, right? We have faith, and we, we learned a couple weeks ago that faith is better with not sight, but actually just believing, right? Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see the holes in my hands, because their faith, you know, takes them forward. But in these times, Cain and Abel are bringing offering to God. They're, they're literally walking around saying, God, how can I bless your name today? How can I worship you today? So Cain walks around the garden. He just grabs some fruit. We're like, oh, that's a nice fruit. Put it in the basket. About to worship God today. Here's what's funny in verse 3. In the course of the time, Cain, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Here's what Abel brought. Verse 4, and Abel also brought an offering, but his offering was different. He brought the fat portions of some of the firstborn of his flock. That's a word for somebody in here tonight. Some of your giving to God looks like, what, what, what's around here that I could give to God? What's, oh, that look good. Here you go, God. But Abel said, the firstborn of my flock the fattest portions are going to God. That's like when you get your check. Young adult, listen to me. I don't preach this that much. That's like when you get your check from your job and you give the first fruits to God. Before I even put gas, before I even get Starbucks, before I even go on a date, before I put this money, I don't even know where I'm going to put it. I'm going to give my first fruit to God. There's honor in that. Can I prove it to you? The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering did not look with favor. He looked at Cain with just the scrap fruits that he found on the floor. He said, hey, man, I want your heart, bro. It's not that I want better fruit because I don't like pears. God's not going to eat the fruit. It's not like they put the fruit like St. Nick and they come back and the milk and cookies are gone. You know what I'm saying? No. God's not going to eat it. God's not even going to eat the animal that Abel gave. God's blessing and favor over your life is based on the treasure you give to him. He doesn't even need it. He wants your heart. Some of you guys are like, oh, I can't give because I can't afford it. No, you can't afford it because God wants your heart. 
can't afford to tithe. Two, two, there's, two, there's two conversations when it comes to giving. I've been giving and it's been blessing me and God's multiplying the 90. God's doing more with 90 than me with 100. The second testimony I hear about giving is I can't afford to give. Until you make space, you'll never afford to give. Until you start giving, you'll never start giving. And you'll always be broke and you'll always be at the last dollar and you'll always, like they said for transition, doing it on your own strength. But you got to give it to God. I don't know why the Holy Spirit has been drilling giving last two weeks. I haven't really been drilling it, but I felt the Holy Spirit telling me to tell you guys, man, it's time to be obedient with our finances. You have no idea how God wants to bless you, how God wants to anoint your walk, how God wants to just bless you in ways you can't even imagine. We have so many stories within our young adult community of young couples getting houses, getting cars, getting jobs, God making way, and them staying faithful through it all. And I'm not saying give to receive. I'm saying give because God wants your heart, not your things. Verse 5. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Hmm. Thank you for the three people that laughed. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, when God asks questions, it's funny because he knows the answer. Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? For someone in here, why are you angry that someone else is being blessed and favored? Abel gave out of the first of his fruit. Why are you mad that God is blessing those who are faithful? She got it. I didn't. He did it. I didn't. They got it. I didn't. It may not be your time. But that doesn't mean it's not your turn. But start being generous. Start being faithful. See, here's the thing. So where Abel saw value, he gave to God, and God honored it. When Cain just picked anything up and presented it to God. Here's my first idea tonight. God created you, and he destined you. That's why he loves you and wants all of you. God created you, and he destined you. He put you together in your mother's room, the Bible says. Just like Eve said, thank you, Lord, for giving birth to these, these children of mine, that I didn't do it on my own strength. God, you, this is a miracle you've done, right? It, it's like the same thing. God created you. He destined you. That's why he loves you, and he wants all of you. If he created you and destined you and placed you in this world, you think he wants to abandon you? Maybe some, some of you guys were here tonight in worship. You felt God was just looking at you the whole time. Just like that. And you're like, I feel like someone's looking at me. Get this side. No one's looking at you. That's God looking at you. Because he loves you. He's obsessed with you. He destined you. He created you. He gave you your laugh. He gave you your smiles. You know what I'm saying? He gave you everything you have. He destined you. He gave you a voice to sing. He gave you a mind to think. He gave you the ability to love what you love. He he designed you. He destined you so he loves you and he wants all of you. He'd be a terrible God if he made you, destined you, and didn't love you and didn't want all of you. Almost like he's disgusted with what he created. But look at the image of Jesus. God sent his son to come reign with us, to sit at a table with us. So God loves you and he wants all of you tonight. Verse 7. God tells Cain, 
if you do what is right, right? He just asked them, why, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Why, why are you so jealous of me blessing someone else because they've been faithful with the little? I will give them more. I will give them favor. Why are you so mad? So God tells Cain in verse 7, if you do what is right, and this is for some of you guys tonight, this might not have to be do with giving. This might be, a, be applicable to a different part of your life. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Oh, I don't like going to church because no one's patting me on the back when I leave. If you don't do what is right, is, will you not be accepted? Oh, I don't like to give because sometimes I give and, and, you know, no one says happy birthday when I give. I don't get the happy birthday song. Happy, happy birthday, happy, happy. Oh, I went here, I went there, I did this, and no one's celebrating. No one's noticing me. No one's, oh, my God, pushing me forward. Listen, do what is right. And you will be accepted by God. You may not have the acceptance from man, but God is looking at you. All your good deeds will not come back void. God will bless you for those. All those seeds you're putting in of faithfulness, God will bring it to fruit. All the seasons you've been serving and serving and serving and giving and giving and coming and coming and leading people to Jesus. God will honor that. God will bless that. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do what is but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. If you've been reading the Bible, you know this story. You know it ends with some family drama. But before the drama, before Cain does something stupid, we said last week, sin is stupid. Adam and Eve lived, walked with God. They understand he was omniscient. He was all-powerful. He was omnipresent. He was everywhere. He knew everything. And they still hid. Sin makes you stupid. You know what sin also does? It's crouching around your corner. It's crouching at the door, waiting for you to be disappointed in God, waiting for you to be disappointed in the church. And will slip under the crease and crevice of your door doubt, fear, and disobedience. I got to tell you guys tonight, what you do leads to where you go. I got to tell somebody, what you pour into yourself will eventually pour out of you. Here's my next idea tonight. Sin rules those that do wrong. Because we all sin, Right? Either we know it or we don't know it. Either it's gossip, either it's greed, as was lusting for another man's wife. The Bible gives so many reasons why we all come short and fall short of the glory of God. And we don't judge people because they sin differently than us. But those who do wrong, don't walk in the light, don't walk in righteousness, don't walk to Jesus, don't choose God, don't choose the path he has for us. Those who do wrong, sin rules over you. Sin's got you on a leash. Sin's got you chained on. And that's because you continue to do wrong, sin will continue to rule over you. The more you do wrong, sin will continue. The more you make your life about God, just sin and repentance, sin, repentance, sin, repentance, you're only going to be stuck in this area because you're looking at your sin, you're looking at your problem, and you stopped looking at Jesus. Looking at your problem, I'm not going to mess up today. 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 You're going to mess up today. 
But if you live your life saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm with you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I'm not going to do that because I love you. Not because I'm telling myself not to do it. I'm not going 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 to do it. Oh, I did it. But God, you're so good. Jesus, you're so amazing. Jesus, I love you. And because I love you, I will resist the enemy and he will flee. Sin will cloud your ability to see and hear God. Sin will cloud your ability. You let sin in, it's just layers and layers and layers and layers around your ears and around your eyes. Where God used to speak so loud, but you could barely hear a whisper. We used to see God move in your life, and now you don't know where he's at. It's not that God's not speaking. It's maybe you're not listening. And that's what sin would do. Verse 8. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out of the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I love Cain's response. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? That's my question to you tonight. And I'm going to go lightning round. Are you guys ready for this? Who do you have in your corner? Somebody needs to write that down. It'll help you tomorrow. When you're dealing with something, you got no one to call. Except for people who don't believe in Jesus. Those relationship parts, they're awesome. I love people who don't believe in Jesus. Those are some of my favorite relationships. Can I be honest with you? But I need some people of the faith to lift me up when my faith is low. I need some guys and girls around me to be in my corner that I can go to. I need to join a hope group. So I can have people praying for me, believing for me, worshiping on my behalf, keeping me accountable. Next question, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? I, I'm not saying you can't be light in darkness. I'm saying what's light when it's only around darkness? You need to come with some more light and then go bigger back to darkness. Come with some more light Tuesday nights. Come on, Hope Group, come on. We're coming Sunday, correct? And then we're going back to the darkness and we're a little bit brighter than last week. I could be a bit, a bit more like Jesus this week because I've been strengthened by the community of saints. Colossians 3.13. I told you I lightning round. Somebody say bear with each other. Some of you guys are giving up on your relationships too quickly. I wish all the people you dis disconnected from your life, you cut off from your life, I hope they text you tonight and say bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> bear with me, Papa. And you know what? The more you bear with people, you guys with me? The more you bear with people, the more they bear with you. The more you put up with people, the more people will put up with you. The more you love people, the more people will love you. The more you make room for people, people will make room for you. The friend that you be becomes the friend that you become. To be a friend, you got to be friendly. To gain, to gain a friend. Somebody say, bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. If you can't forgive people, you don't really know the forgiveness Jesus gives you. Because Jesus forgave you even if you didn't even know him, even if you didn't even love him. Some of you are here tonight, your first time hearing about Jesus, and you're already forgiven. He's already thrown grace at you. 
So what does that mean? If God loves me even when I turn my back on him, if God loves me even when I curse him, if on the cross God was dying literally for the people who put him on the cross, God forgave us all. Why are you holding forgiveness from your brother? As long as you do not forgive, you'll never let them go. Five years ago, you were supposed to forgive them. It's been five years. You're still walking with chains on. Forgiveness doesn't release them. Forgiveness releases you. Forgiveness is for you. That's you to be selfish. You think being selfish is to not forgive them? You're going to stay with that. You're going to stay with the issue. You're going to stay with the chain. Forgiveness releases you. Forgiveness isn't becoming best friends. Forgiveness is, hey, I forgive you for what you've done to me. I will let go. Bear with each other and forgive each other. Galatians 6.2. I told y'all lightning round. You with me? Worship team, come up. Carry each other's burdens. Oh! Okay, what does that mean? That means that Julio just dealt with something. He just went through something big. And I, honestly, I thank you guys. Because for me and Diana... You guys have been so open. You guys have been so fluid. I love leaders who talk to me. If you're leading, you don't talk to me. Boo. <laughs> but they, like, invite me to their house and stuff, and we chill. And they go through moments. That's the worship team coming up. They're not going to jump me. <laughs> no lie, the hood in me was like, hold up. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> anyway, sidetrack. Dude, they're so honest with me. I mean, they, were just, they went through something last month. I'm not going to talk about it, but they went through something last month, something serious. First thing they did, they took, I took up to church. They pulled me down aside. I got to let you know what we're going through. Carry each other's burdens. When you're carrying it by yourself, you're not strong enough to carry it. You need to try. You need three people knowing about your alcohol addiction. You got to start telling people about it. You'll be surprised talking to start something in you. Tell people about what's going on in your life. Join a hope group. Get with the hope group leader. I'm like, bro, I need to grow. Because I know you're carrying your burdens with me. I know my life isn't, I can't deal with all this info. I can't deal with all this pressure. I need people to weigh on with me. I love carry each other's burdens. And this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Some of you guys are like, in here tonight, God, how can I please you the most? God, how can I fulfill your expectations of my life? I love your presence. I love your glory. How can I be the best Christian I can be? This verse is telling you to carry somebody's burdens. And you fulfill the law. Not only who are you talking to to release some stuff. For some of y'all, who are you listening to? Who are you, like, letting pour into your life? Because you need people around you. I'm a church kid. I basically was born on the altar. My dad was a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor because my dad was a pastor. One of those. I'm like, you know, one of those. I don't want to do that because he's doing it. And everyone's telling me I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. Ended up doing it. Hello. I just did a podcast the other day about obedience. It's crazy. But this next verse, I believe, is a catalyst to jumping into the will of God over your life. You guys ready for this verse? Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen another. Oh. Next idea, not just saved, but sharpened. 
go in a hope group right after this message and we turn up in a little bit we're a little over hello you guys mind i don't care gotta speak it right after this message we're gonna go outside all the hope people leaders are gonna be out there they're gonna ready be ready to sign you up why they're there to sign you up to shave off some of the things you used to be to shave off some of those habits you used to have. The Bible says when man comes together, when two are in agreement, iron will sharpen iron. They will build each other. They will sharpen each other. They will grow. God wants you in community. God wants, he's asking you, where's your brother? Where is he? Who are you leaning on? So song we used to sing back there, I pray for you. You pray for me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. That's a sign language. Agree. Agree with me. That song is so powerful. I need you. I'm praying for you. Are you praying for me? I got your back. You got my back. Look at somebody tonight in the room say, I got your back and I'm praying for you. Come on, turn to somebody else. I got your back and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I got your back. I got your back. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to lift you up. I'm not here to hate on you. I'm not here to play hate. I'm here to build you up. Can we land the plane? Can I get an amen tonight, front to back? James 5.16, we're landing the plane tonight. Back row, you feel good? Love you. James 5.16, therefore, somebody say therefore. therefore. Confess your sins to a priest. Nope. Confess your sins to one another. And pray for each other. Don't, don't let someone talk to you and go tell everything they talk to you about. You're so evil. Can I tell you how this person's struggling? That's of the devil. Can I tell you how this person slipped up? That is not of God. That is a spirit of division. And if it's division, it's not God. It's so easy. God knows division. In his nature, he's division. He's, he's unity. Sorry. God knows unity. In his nature, is unity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Whenever there's division, it's the enemy and it's not God. And there are people within the church and outside of the church that they let people talk to them and say everything they told them. They let people open up to them and they begin to leak things out. That is not of God. That is that's so, so evil. Breaking trust. Being deceitful. Didn't say confess your sins to each other and gossip. It says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? 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 So that you may be healed. You're coming on Tuesdays waiting for healing. The healing's gonna start coming when you start talking. You're coming, just dragging your broken self. My leg's still broken. Coming to Tuesdays, still broken. Still broken. Coming back, still broken. Coming, confess. Amen. My leg is broken. And honestly, it's hard to worship with a broken leg. It's hard to worship with a broken heart. You gotta start looking at the people around you. Same way you look at the pastor. I need a meeting with the pastor. I need a meeting with the pastor. The pastor need to pray for me. My voice isn't louder than yours in God's ears. I just broke somebody's, somebody's whole idea of church. That the preacher's the closest guy to God. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're a preacher right where you are at. So 
so that you may be healed. See, some of you guys came into church with your best friend. Kudos to you. Grow together. Hey, girl, I'm so selfish. Can we pray about that? <laughs> hey, dog, come here, dog. Honestly, I care about too much about my physical body instead of my spiritual body. I need you to help me. Girls coming together. Hey, I focus too much on Instagram instead of the word of God. We need to do this together. You'll be surprised how getting around people who love Jesus will help you love Jesus. Getting around people who know how to pray will help teach you how to pray. Getting around people who are seeking after God will turn into you seeking after God. We're a little behind. I'm going to keep going. Here's my heart for some of you guys tonight. We're going to land the plane. Here's my heart. Is that your mind, when it comes to people, when it comes to small groups, because I've been to a big church before. Before New Birth, before we started two and a half years ago, three years ago, I was a part of a big church. And you can hide behind the numbers. You could hide behind the big screens and the big seats. And, and when we started New Birth, we said, man, we want to be a church that we know each other. That service ends, and I'm not looking at a bunch of strangers, but I'm looking at a bunch of people I want to hang out with. And here's my hope tonight, is that the Holy Spirit breaks your idea of church, and you'll be able to leave here saying this next point, I need this. Put this point up. I, I need this more, last point, more than I know. I, I, need, I need this more than I know. I hope that's your, 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 your prayer tonight when you leave. And you walk right by that hope group table. And you think to yourself, I need this more than I know. Because God wants me to be in community. Isn't that true? Can I tell you about a father and his daughter? Uh, and his daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only guy who makes fun of himself, right? It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> as a father, here's just crazy. His, his daughter was very young. She was about to die. Somebody in the next room, the next hospital room over needed something from the baby. Actually needed the baby's heart. This little girl, not an actual baby, a little girl. So can you imagine the dad with the parents and their child, the little girl, she's about to go away. There's somebody in the next room fighting for their life. And the father, you know what he does? He says, okay, we'll make the decision. My daughter has a 1% chance of living. That guy has a 50% chance. We're going to let that guy take the heart of my daughter. Procedure happens. You can imagine the parents crushed. Here's what's amazing. When the dad first heard that her heartbeat was transferred and that the patient was healed, recovered, and walking in everyday life, you want to know what the dad did? He got on his bike. I'm not lying. He traveled, his name is Bill Connor, 1,400 miles in a bike to get to another man to do what? To hear his heartbeat. He left 1,400 miles in a bike knowing that his daughter was still alive in somebody else. Although she died and although she's in heaven, her heart that ultimately came from the father, the heart he placed, he donated to someone else, 
that Father travels 1,400 miles to place his ear on someone's chest. And he said, for the first time since his daughter died, he knows that she's alive in him. And here's the thing about God. He's the same way. He's running up to you. And he wants to hear your heart. And he's like, does it sound like my son? Or does it sound to the beat of the world? Does this heartbeat, does it sound like generosity? Does it sound like patience, love, kindness, tenderness, gentleness? Does it sound like my son? Or is this the wrong transplant? And some of you guys tonight, Last night was the slap in the face. Where are you? Today's the answer. Where's your brother? God sometimes speaks to you, but sometimes he wants his words to come out of your mouth. Where's your brother? Where's your brother? Is Jesus inside anybody in this room today? Come back to everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. I told you guys I was going to do an altar call at the end. You can keep this here. I told you guys I was going to do an altar call. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus. We dim the light so you can have a personal moment with God. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to ask you to stand up and jump through hoops. If you want to receive Jesus tonight, it's so simple. Raise your hand and confess that Jesus is Lord. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And if you want Jesus, you want to get saved, you're going to raise your hand at the count of three. You guys with me tonight? Leaders begin to pray for the people next to you to know what they're dealing with. People pray for those in the room who've heard the message and are ready to respond. If you want Jesus, if you're ready to respond to the message tonight, if you want to join the family in heaven, on the count of three, if you want Jesus, raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want Jesus. Oh, I see your hand. One hand. I see two hands. I see three hands.